Welcome to the Nomadic Mindset Season 1. My name is Kevin Cottom, a global nomad and the author of the leadership book, The Nomadic Mindset Never Settle for Too Long. Over the season, we will go on a journey to discover what is the nomadic mindset and how you can tap into that. For this, I will be interviewing a diverse group of cross-cultural thought leaders from all walks of life. So let's get on with it. Let's go nomading together. Welcome back to The Nomadic Mindset. And if you were tuning in today for the first time, thank you for taking the time to get curious about what is that nomadic mindset that lives within you. You just may have forgotten what it is. In this episode, the nomadic mindset meets uplifting service, one of the qualities of a nomadic mindset. Have you ever met a guru before? Our guest today, in 2018, Global Gurus rated him as the number one customer service guru in the world. Amongst other accolades, he has been featured in the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. He is the world's leading educator and motivator for uplifting customer service and building service cultures. Rated one of the top 25 Who's Hot speakers by Speaker Magazine, the author of 14 books, and the New York Times and U.S. Today bestseller, Uplifting Service. Do you know who I'm speaking about? It is the humble, eternally giving and caring Ron Kaufman. Thank you very much for being here today. I mean, this is really to be on the show. And I know that all our listeners are going to be absolutely excited by you. That's you. That's That's you. That's you. And with everybody. Because this is, you know, you you are an expert in, in service. I am. And I'm always blown away by not just your service, but the care that you take. So I would like to start this with. Okay, kick off. Can you share with me what is the true meaning of service? Okay, good. When I started working in the field of service about 30 years ago, what I discovered at the time is that the concept of service itself wasn't well defined. And the field of continuous improvement of service wasn't well mapped out. There, mm. there wasn't a lot of articulation. So I'd hear things like, oh, service is making people feel good or, you know, doing what they want you to do. Or you do for them what you would like them to do for you, which mm. is assuming that everybody else in the world is like you. Unfortunately, they're not like me or <laughs> like you. They're like them, right? So I wrote a definition, which is that service is taking action to create value for someone else. And when people hear that, no matter whether it's B2B or B2C or frontline or middle Mm -hmm. management or leaders, they're like, yeah, that makes sense. Service is taking action. You got to do something Mm -hmm. to create value for someone else. And that could be a customer or a colleague. So if that's service, taking action to create value for someone else, service excellence Mm -hmm. is taking the next action that creates more value for someone you care about. More value. Action, value, others. care. And, and others, right. And right. that's care. And that leads to care. So what would care then mean to so, you? So care turned out to be this next whole area that I discovered wasn't well-defined, not clearly mapped. The philosophers will debate it forever. <laughs> the healthcare industry means, you know, oh, you're talking about us, but that's not what we mean today. And when we say, why should I care? Mm-hmm. What do you care about? I don't care. Mm-hmm. What is care? And so I've been working on that for a while. And here's the very short definition I've come up with. Care is concern for the future well-being of someone or something. Care is concern for the well-being of someone or something that you care about. 
Now, why did I say future well-being? Mm -hmm. Because the present moment is always immediately going into the next moment. Right. Right. So if you say, well, I care about my kids, you're not just caring about them in this moment. Mm -hmm. You're caring about their well-being, yes. which means being into the future. That's part of the nature of being human. Being, being, being. Human. Right. Being right. human. Right. And so that's very, very strongly linked then with service and care. I mean, th yes. because you're talking about action, you're talking about being, you're talking about the well-being of others. Of others. Right. And I think that this is. And so if we were to throw that back. Yeah. If we're talking about others. But what about ourselves? Reflect back. Yeah, very good, very good. So when you say care is concern for the well-being of someone yes. or something, the someone could be you. Yeah. Right. So if I care about my own future well-being, I might get better education. I might take better care of my health. I might eat mm. more healthy. I might mm. get more sleep. Mm. I might leave a, an abusive relationship. Out of why? Self-care. Mm -hmm. If I care about the well-being of someone else, yes. then I'm concerned with what they need, what they want, what their life and how it's evolving. Evolution. Yeah. Evolution always into the future. So some people would say, well, what about what if I care about, you know, the history of something? Mm -hmm. Yes, but you could say you care about the history. But what you mean is that that history is still dignified and respected and understood and studied into the future. Mm -hmm. So care is concern for future well-being. Mm. Now, how do that and service connect? Yeah. So in that original definition of service creates value mm -hmm. by taking action, mm -hmm. usually in teams right. within a culture. Right. Okay, that's the whole world I worked on for 30 years. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't answer the question, why do you serve? Uh, and that's because you care. And that doesn't answer the question, why do humans care? And that's fundamental to the nature of what it is to be human. Why do humans care? You came back to evolution because there's something that I, I learned when I was doing research with in with the Maasai. Okay. And one of the Maasai warriors said to me, he said, where we were is not where we are. We are evolving. Always. And so yes. this concept of evolution yes. is very important. So I would like to ask you about the evolution of service. So if we look in Great. organizations, for example, yes. there must be an evolution of service within that. Yes. However, I suppose within humanity, there's an evolution of what service is. I suppose. <laughs> Obviously, right? Yeah. So what, can you just talk sure, to that? Sure, sure. Let's, let's look at this whole field. When people hear the word service, they tend to think of customer and right. commercial interaction. And, and so in the sort of the industrial age, there was product and price and buy and sell and transaction. And the objective was to satisfy the customer. Right. And so customer service and customer satisfaction were very closely linked. Right. Yeah. And then people started to realize, well, I don't just want to satisfy the customer because I want the customer to come back. Yeah. And as satisfaction became more commoditized, in other words, more people could do it. Mm -hmm. Then you wanted to differentiate. You wanted right. to distinguish and stand out. And so it wasn't just customer satisfaction. Maybe you wanted to do customer delight. Mm. Well, how do you do that? Then you don't just focus on the customer service. You're focusing now on the customer experience. Mm. And so then journey mapping and working out perception points and that whole evolved. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, what was the intention of that? It evolved to customer loyalty. Mm. Like you actually want that customer to come back and make referrals for mm -hmm. you and give you recommendations. And, and then it became customer advocacy with the world of social media. Mm -hmm. So And now it's evolving to the level of what I would refer to as customer partnership. Ah. 
where you and the customer, the service provider and the people being served, see themselves as in an ongoing partnership together. Mm. Now, this relates obviously also to internal service between right. departments. In the old industrialized era, you could have silos within an organization. Yeah. I do my job, you do your job, you complain <laughs> about me, I complain about you, you know, but I met my KPI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Whereas then it became, no, how do we actually be more valuable to the company, more mm. efficient, more effective, and have a better time, then we want to be service partners mm. with each other, not just service providers to each other. Mm. Yeah, the whole idea of partnership has mm. really become very valuable today. Now, if I go back to the work that I did, right, for the nomadic mindset. Yes, is that which, by the way, phenomenal, thoughtful, over years work. I really need to congratulate you. I've seen so many people in the coaching, speaking, training, authoring business mm -hmm. who say, oh, I came up with a new model, but you really did the groundbreaking research and then distilled and synthesized it. So thank you for your book. And yeah. by the way, if you haven't seen it, there's the book. And here is the That's book. <laughs> and I want to just say one thing on here because I think it's very important, which I just noticed actually, is that we both have paths on right, the cover. Right, as your Sai friend said, it's an ever-evolving ever journey. Exactly. Yeah. And so I think that what I wanted to ask was about this whole aspect of the evolution, but the evolution is really changing today in organizations because of industrialization. And because it was industrialized and now we're moving into the digital transformation. What is shifting in that sense? I mean, how is service now, is it different or is it? Great, great question. I mean, it's taking action to create value for yeah. someone else. And underneath that, we have that narrative about care for right. someone's well-being. And, you know, you call it industrialization, but it's also commoditization. Mm -hmm. It's also globalization. Mm -hmm. Now it's digitization. Mm -hmm. And so what's happening is people are, let's be face it, we're being bombarded yes. with, with more stimulus, more inbound, more digital, more visual, more auditory than ever before. And there's less and less daily human, intimate, compassionate, mm. concernful interaction. Now, add on top of that, all of the faking that has come along, like, you know, run an advertising campaign, but tweak it all just to be able to get the eyeball time right, right. or to get the click-through rate. Right. But that's, you now you're measuring click-through, but you're not necessarily measuring whether or not the other party's being well taken care of. Mm. And so there's been a certain amount of, in the news media, fake news, right. in the commercial space, who can I really trust? Exactly. Uh, you know, I go on Amazon to buy something, but is it actually an authentic thing that I'm buying? Mm. So the whole world of who can I trust has now started to shake up in a different way. Mm -hmm. and, and there, I think that the human side is becoming ever more important and will continue in the yeah. future, right? Do you just want somebody who made a promise and then executed on something or somebody where you had the sense that they actually understood you, they were curious about you, they cared about you, they took action to be able to enable your well-being into your future? What I love about what you just said, there's a word that I'm going to pick up, and that is curious. Mm -hmm. Because about the curiosity in someone else. I mean, it's very important to find that, and that becomes partnership into itself, right? Is, is that that curiosity. Now for the nomads, and part of the mindset of a nomad is the curiosity. Mm -hmm. Because they have to survive. Mm -hmm. 
because they cannot just be blind. Ah, to ah. They so must they're be looking and, and observing and wondering and finding out about new environments, other people that they interact with. You'll be surprised or perhaps not and delighted that the root of the word curious mm. is the same Latin as the root of the word care, which is cura. Ah. Right, which is to be concerned mm -hmm. for, right? Now, the part of the Latin derivation <laughs> of that went into concern for the sick, concern for the wounded. Mm. That's one route, but the French took it to curios. So it's concern for what's here, what's about, who am I meeting with, what are they interested in, what's possible in this new environment, nomadic. Nomadic. So does it take a specific type of mindset then with regards to real great care yeah, yeah. and taking that value and looking at value and taking action and service? Is there, is there a mindset? Yeah, there, there are a couple of components of that mindset. Yeah. One is authentic curiosity about the other. Mm. Being interested in their concerns, their world, their history, their background. Mm. So for example, there's a word called listening. <laughs> and we tend to think of listening like, I heard what you said, right? Yes. But real listening is listening to the way the other person listens in the world. What's their background? What's their history? What's the cultural narrative that they come out of such that they're saying to you what they're saying? It's not just the words. It's the whole background, cultural background, social background, yeah. historical background, really authentic listening. That takes a tremendous level of curiosity. Yeah. Right. So then that also as a mindset of respect mm -hmm. for the other party, mm -hmm. because they're going to be different than you. Mm -hmm. So then there's pluralism rather than partisanship. Mm -hmm. There's curiosity about the other rather than the conviction and yes. the rightness of your own history. Yeah. I, I love the, what you're talking about and I love the, the definitions. I mean, those are beautiful different definitions. Absolutely. The, the nomad, when, when we talk about the nomadic mindset is that there is this sense of four different aspects that are that I noticed within nomads, and that is being still, being alert, listening, and observe all at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so that in, you know, for most of us, it's hard enough to, to listen. Yeah. And most of us hard enough to observe one at a time. But within service and within care, yeah. are those four absolutely important? They are, and I would add another, okay. which is the desire to contribute. Mm. So con contribute to the well-being of the space in which you are. Oh. So you know a lot more about a nomadic history <laughs> and examples. And, you know, one version can be you go where the harvest is good. And when it's not, you go somewhere else in a nomadic manner. Whereas a service orientation is you go somewhere with that curiosity, with that interest, that respect, and you want to contribute to the well-being. Mm -hmm. So I learned something, for example, recently about my last name, which is Kaufman. Mm -hmm. And in German, it means merchant. Mm -hmm. And there was a part of me as a child, I was like, you know, buy, sell, you know, it's not the kind of thing you want to be. Until I learned who were the original merchants in human history. And they were the ones who would take what a particular area, a valley, a group, a people, a culture, yeah. and would literally take it to other locations mm -hmm. and then find what was precious and unique about there and bring it back. So they were the ones who actually introduced world to other people mm. and where this showed up with great sense of oh completely reoriented me i was in switzerland and i was speaking to a swiss friend about their bankers during an era when there was a lot of yes. scandal going yeah, on yeah, and they yeah, said yeah. oh we are so embarrassed about you know our bankers because right. that's not the sense of yeah. generally being swiss and being responsible 
And then I, she said something, but we're very proud of our Kaufmans. And, and, and I said, what do, you, what do you mean? And she said, well, in history, it was our Kaufmans, our merchants, who went down from the mountains, found things that were happening in the world, in the valleys and by the seasides and foreign lands, and brought them back up into the mountains for us and took what we had crafted out to the rest of the world. So there you have sort of a nomadic service oriented, and I guess that's what I've been all my life when I think about being born in the United <laughs> States, traveling all, the, all over the world with Frisbee, doing citizen diplomacy, yeah, 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 now yeah. living in Singapore. Yeah. I never well, thought about it that way before, thank you. Well, this is, this is a good place to do it. Yeah. And, and absolutely, you're a nomad. I mean, just look at your, the way you also yeah. think. And I think that's one of the most important things is the way you explore in your thought process. And most people don't. But they can do it too. But it's, they can do right, it. Right, right. It's just a desire of whether they want to be able to do it. And the same with organizations. They're well, hold on, hold on. It. Let's right. explore that just a little bit. It's not just a desire. It's, it's a, a thinking about, okay, if I want to be more rigorous mm -hmm. about understanding what something is, mm -hmm. then how do I think about it? Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I've learned, I have a wonderful mentor named Fernando Flores and mm -hmm. learned from him over many, many, many years, is to do what he would call an ontological reconstruction. Well, that's a big word, right? What does it mean? Well, what was the fundamental concern for which that area of life evolved in the first place? Mm -hmm. Like, what were we taking care of such that certain practices evolved, such that certain professions evolved, such that certain traditions and associations and regulations all evolved? They didn't evolve out of nothing. They evolved out of some original sense of concern for the well-being of fill-in-the-blank. So then if you want to explore what's going on today or how I fit in as an innovator right. in a tradition like you've done with Nomad. Mm -hmm. I mean, the word Nomad didn't stand for an innovative mindset for the future. Mm -hmm. It looked like something ancient yes, in the yes. past. But you did a reconstruction of who are the nomadic tribes in the world. What is it that their fundamental concerns were that caused them to go be nomads? Mm -hmm. And then you even distilled it further into the different aspects of nomadic life. Yeah, I mean... It, and if we think about organizations, we talk about organizations, mm -hmm. that, that also is extremely important. They cannot be still, they can't be stuck, they cannot be you know, just builders. They need mm -hmm. to have these nomads that are in, within the organization. So this is a, if we come back to the word partnership, is understanding that how can this partnership happen with these different mindsets so that it leads to a better service, not mm. only for within the organization, mm. but to the others, as we talk about. Yeah, I, I think you asked me a question earlier when we were preparing for this conversation about, you know, what is it that's not working well yes, today yes, in organizations? Yes. And, and what's missing is the fundamental understanding, the conversations about why do we exist? Mm. <laughs> not who's our competition and what's yeah. our price and what's our customer yeah, yeah, segmentation yeah, yeah. and that yeah, was our yeah, profit yeah. margin. No, yeah. why do we exist? What are we here for? Yeah. What's the purposeful well-being concern that we have for which we come together in an organization or we have a particular department mm -hmm. or we take on responsibility for a certain role? And I think that kind of conversation is not happening as much as it could in organizations today. And I think that younger people if we don't provide that, if we don't birth that into greater vibrancy, mm -hmm. you're going to have a real sense of alienation mm -hmm. and lack of sense of commitment or loyalty. I'm doing a gig. I'll just go to the next gig and, you know, bounce around. But ultimately, that can have serious consequences for the well-being of the larger communities in which we live. Mm -hmm. I love that. The, there is a, 
there's a thing that happens with Berber societies, which I think is actually very interesting, and that is it comes into service and care. Okay. But there's a, and that is is that I was told by some Berbers in southern Morocco that when they do business, yes, they will bring somebody in to the company. Yes. They will say, learn everything. We're going to give you everything to learn. But then in a couple of years, I want you to leave. I want you to find your own organization. Okay. But what they've done is, is they have oh. created this loyalty yes. of saying, oh, no, no, you're not, you're not a debit to us. You're actually a credit to us. This is how they develop this network. Because they go, the next person will do it the same way with That's loyalty, right. and there will be a loyalty like an alumni back to right. the company, and then it'll spread out again. And so this becomes this expansion. Yeah, a real fabric of shared history mm -hmm. and shared activity mm -hmm. and concern for the evolution of the trade, the industry, the community, the, the trade networks with each mm -hmm. other. And then, of course, there's the personal side because people meet and they marry exactly. within that. Yeah, it is. Right. Very healthy. So this is sometimes missing within organizations, I think. Okay. It, it, I mean, in the sense that, you know, you often hear rhetoric from, oh, well, we bring all these millennials in. Yes. And they will leave. We, we educate them. We teach them everything. And then they leave. And so mm. they become very angry about this. Who's they? The organization. The often. older people. The older people right. often. Who, they are, right. You know, we're spending so much money on them, right? Right, right. right. So it becomes then the KPI. Those ungrateful souls. Exactly. <laughs> And so it becomes down to a money again, instead of the care and the service that you're doing to grow these people. These so people. that even if they do go off, even to become a, a competitor, right. right? They speak about you with tremendous respect. Exactly. They may become a competitor, but in a particular niche. Yeah. And then recognize that you have strength in another and they end up becoming a referrer or a partner into the future. Yeah. And that is service. Right? Uh, that's, a, that's a very special form of service partnership. Yeah where both parties are taking responsibility yeah. to take action, to create value mm. for each other mm. and for the health and vibrancy of the partnership itself. Mm. And this is the kind of thing that we need on a social level today. Mm. I have some friends, for example, yeah. today, this is 2020 or 2019 right now, where they're, they're in Chile, in Santiago. Yeah. And the whole country is going through a, a, an enormous conversation about who is this society for? Mm. Answer, it better be for everybody. Mm. Why is there so much disruption going on? Yes. Because the way society evolved was not taking good care of certain members of the society. Mm. And they're literally now embarking on the redrafting of a new constitution. Like, how do you constitute well, yourself as a society? Right. And that's what lies in front of us if we don't already work with what we have mm -hmm. in a more respectful, dignified, trust-building, partnership-oriented manner. And this partnership is a collaboration, which I think is actually an interesting word. Mm -hmm. Co, a lab, <laughs> working together, <laughs> right. and then oration. So oration is about speaking. It's about language. I mean, it's we are, language, we are right? the animal that speaks. Yeah. We're the animal, the biological creature, exactly. we're mammals, who has language. Yeah. And so every new baby that's born is born into an already existing world of all of these distinctions and conversations and practices. And, and that kind of education of humanity is not being very well done. As you know, that's what I'm up to next. Yes, exactly. Yeah. If an organization wants to really progress in today for Industry 4.0 and Industry 5.0, which is on our tails right away, okay. what do they need to do? I would say go back to do the fundamental reconstruction of why do you exist? 
Oh, that's lovely. What are you for? Who is the someone else that you have the intention of mm. contributing to? Mm. Huh? And then out of that, you can then start to see various options. Mm. You can see other players within the market. You can see gaps that are missing in terms of concern and generation of new value. Mm -hmm. You can invent new practices. Mm -hmm. Is that something that's going to come into your care? Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, the fundamental is if care is concern for the well-being mm. of something or someone. Mm. Remember when I said to you, why do we care? And I said that has to do with what it is to be a human being. Mm. So, I mean, that's an interesting question. I don't know how many people listening to this would ever say, oh, yeah, I remember that class I took in school called What is a Human Being? Yeah. And isn't it remarkable that we all are and that there wasn't a fundamental orientation? And, and, and I understand how, for example, faith and religious communities have evolved to try to help fill in that gap mm -hmm. from a particular spiritual organization, mm -hmm. which is one aspect of, of this amazing thing we have called human existence. Mm -hmm. But there's a biological aspect. There's a social aspect. There's a historical aspect. Mm -hmm. There's a community-engaged aspect. Mm -hmm. There's an economic era aspect. Like, mm -hmm. we live in the world where we can do this recording and you can put it out on social media. Yeah. And, you know, we carry phones Absolutely. in our pocket that are computers and there's an ecological aspect mm. right which is of course for all of us now it's a big wake-up call because that one hasn't been so much on the radar of really we need to be concerned about that yes you're a species called human being that can have that kind of impact with the practices that you engage in and we're in a, a process today of looking at oh what, what do we need to become not just how do we perpetuate what we've been mm. it seems as if we have been looking at the planet as serving us. Yeah, we and call how, it a resource. A resource. Right. And how and now we really need to how do we serve well, it? Well, how do we express our concern for the future well-being of something <laughs> or someone? In exactly. this case, the ecological niche in which we exist. Exactly. So I'm you know I'm a scuba diver. Yeah, yeah, My yeah. wife Jen and I love to scuba dive. We're still healthy enough and vibrant enough to do that on a regular basis. And over the course of the past decade, we have literally seen the coral dying off down lower and lower into the number of meters in the yes. water. And you told me about a wonderful situation with the women. Tell me again, yeah, what was it, that? It, I just read it today and in the, in the Guardian, and they were talking about these Kenyan women uh, on a small island, and they have been a lot of bleaching from in the coral, and so it's dying, and they have been reconstructing the coral and bringing it back to life mm -hmm. by planting outside of the water and then replanting right. and then putting the seaweed and making seaweed. Beautiful. And, and so now apparently the growth has already started and it's fantastic. 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 So this is all done by women. And, and <laughs> part of the reason is that women know what they're taking care of because they're mm. concerned about the future well-being of the reef for the children that are coming through their bodies. Yes. Right. Yes. Women have always been more oriented yeah. towards the care and nurturing exactly. of the young. It, there's another advantage that women have is that they haven't grown up in as much of the narrative about the way you measure success is how much money, uh, right? If you're so smart, how come you're not rich? Mm -hmm. That yeah, storyline, yeah, 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 yeah. right? And so they're not looking at the refreshing and the regrowing of the coral as to how much money am I going to make, mm -hmm. right? They're looking at it like how healthy and vibrant is this whole ecosystem? Mm -hmm. So they actually have an advantage of not having been as corrupted yes. by what friends of mine call the God of money. <laughs> Well, hopefully that will shift. I mean, it's shifting, right? In these small little pockets and, and with people seeing that it's not all about money today. Yes. However, unfortunately, the 
the money is is overtaking the greed in many ways. Yeah, the greed is the unfortunate part, yeah. right? But money itself is not an evil. Yeah. Money is a we linguistic need. invention. We're a languaging creature. We made up this story called this seashell represents that value, mm -hmm. right? This piece of bronze represents this kind of value created somewhere else, which I could then carry with me as a token of value that I created for somebody else. And I can use it now to transact and it enabled this incredible global economy. Mm -hmm. There came a certain point when the objective of the capital was to generate more capital, mm -hmm. real capitalism, yes. right? And then it got disconnected from what am I doing? that generates that additional capital. Mm -hmm. And that's when a lot of other sort of corrupting influence came in. Mm -hmm. So we saw, for example, in the subprime housing crisis, right. which blew up the global economy yeah, yeah. from the United exactly. States, because people were saying not, I have a concern to help people who really can't afford it yet get into their first home. Mm. They were saying, no, which cell on the spreadsheet do I need to manipulate <laughs> so that I get a bigger bonus? And then the fundamental concern for the well-being of housing of communities, especially people who are in a lower economic stratum, evaporated in pursuit of the money god of my commission. Which brings me back to mindset. And that's Correct. definitely not a nomadic mindset. What with you're with about the that. adding of contribution. Exactly. Right. So, you know, what you're talking about with the crisis, the monetary crisis in 2008, because of that, yeah. it was not about a nomadic mindset, because a nomadic mindset would try to find the possibilities, the creation, and what were the problems? A corrupted, exploitive nomadic mindset would seek to go and get whatever you could and get out. Yes. Huh? But a genuine nomadic tribe, I'm sure like the ones that you met in various parts of the yes. world, they would venture and leave, but in another time would come back and would want to be welcomed. Absolutely. And if we talk about different evolutions, when what a nomadic tribe will not completely rape the land. Mm -hmm. They will leave a little bit. They will leave it to, so they can grow back. And they can come back again. Exactly. Right. And that is what we also need to do in business, is to keep that growing. Right? And in the world. And, and that is being of service. Yeah. Sustainable so, service. Sustainable. Yes. Ah, now we're, we've got another sustainable yeah. service. I think that that's a great place to come to an end, is sustainable service. So how... I would like you to share with the, the listeners exactly how can we have sustainable service, which is about the care. Well, recognize, let's go back to where we started, exactly. the fundamental definitions. Service creates value. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in life, you're going to want to do that as anybody, right. because that is how, as we were talking about with money, mm -hmm. it's going to come reflected back that's going to give you the opportunity to then interact with the with the world, whether it's for your healthcare or your vacation or your children's education or your retirement or whatever you want to do. We live in that time. Mm -hmm. yeah? So service is taking action to create value. Right. Now, what action are you going to take? That's where you want to become proficient. You want to develop skills. You want to develop sensibilities so that you can take qualified good action <laughs> to create value for someone else. Mm -hmm. Well, it doesn't matter what action you take if someone else is not getting the value. Mm -hmm. So there's that curious nomadic mindset of, really provoking. Now, remember, you want to distinguish. So service excellence is taking the next action that will create more value for someone else. That requires a more creative thought. Mm -hmm. That requires a more proactive concern for the other. So they may ask you a question and you answer the question. You say, but you know, usually when people ask me that question, there's another question mm -hmm. or there's something else here that you didn't ask. Yes, but let me yes. take a moment. And so in that proactive manner, you're generating 
more value than was requested in a pure transactional right. situation. So then you're creating even more well-being for the other. Now they're going to want to come back to you. They're going to respect you. They're going to be an advocate for you. You're generating partnership, which leads to sustainability, etc. But if you want to go down to the core underneath service, it's concern for well-being in the world. Well-being of yourself, well-being of your family, well-being of others, well-being of those traditions and societies that you care about. And the planet. Well, the planet is one big society we care about. It's yeah, exactly. the ecological niche. Yeah, that's the well-being. I want to thank you very much for being here with me, Ron. It's been a great pleasure, as always, to spend time with the vivacious It's a joy. It's, it's a great. joy. And I want to thank you and the audience. I know that you all listeners will really tap into the service mind and the value and take action. And if you're watching this on video, The Nomadic Mindset, awesome book. Congratulations. Thank you. And the awesome book, Uplifting Service. You can tell we're friends. <laughs> great friends. Thank you so much. Take care. You've been listening to The Nomadic Mindset Season 1. My name is Kevin Cottom, and I invite you to find out more about The Nomadic Mindset at thenomadicmindset.com. Until next time, make it a point to go nomadic and start discovering your nomadic mindset.